You're going to love this. Just love it. Yeah, you actually might. You might actually love this. Stay tuned. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on 90.7 FM in L.A., 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, and up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast, 106.7 FM KSO in Cottage Grove, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI, in Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui, in Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1 FM, in Palinville, New York on 102.9 FM WLPP, and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We're also heard streaming coast-to-coast and around the globe on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution 99, Detour Talk, Radio Monterey, and Radio Sputnik, blanketing planet Earth five days a week. Even on the eve of a holiday, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around... Swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us. Okay, okie dokie. We got big news and a a big guest exclusively coming up here live momentarily on the broadcast. I was sort of talking around it every which way on yesterday's uh, broadcast. Uh, If you didn't hear it, I could not reveal the details yesterday, but just after we got off air, news broke and New York Magazine that several top computer security, electronic voting, and election integrity effort, uh, experts have been trying to encourage the Hillary Clinton campaign to file for election hand counts and forensic audits in at least three states where just 50,000 votes recorded for Clinton instead of Donald Trump would mean that she wins the White House. But there's more. So that came out in New York Magazine. Uh, But what I was not able to report yesterday uh, on the record is that, uh, well, that's where my guest comes in. She'll be with us momentarily. Jill Stein, the Green Party presidential candidate, has announced within just the past few hours that she intends to seek those hand counts in Wisconsin, Michigan and Pennsylvania, presuming she can raise the funding for it. She's going to join me in a second to discuss why she's doing it, what those experts that she has also been talking to have been telling her uh, and much more. <clears throat> I've got uh, details already up on this at bradblog.com. The um, the traffic has been pretty huge there in the past hour or two since we posted this. Uh, so keep trying if you need to to get in. Uh, But who knows? Maybe there is something at least that we can be thankful for as we head into the holidays uh, at a moment in American history. 
when it's been kind of difficult to find a whole hell of a lot to be thankful for, frankly. Also uh, coming up later, Desi Doyen and the Green News Report, a, a totally different kind of green. Uh, she'll be joining us. And yes, she even she has a few things to be thankful for this year. All right. Um, in 2010, paper ballot optical scanners in Palm Beach County, Florida, declared the results of three different elections incorrectly, naming two losing candidates to be the winners. That was revealed by a hand count of the paper ballots there down in Palm Beach, thankfully called for by the supervisor of elections in the county after she noticed that something did not seem to be adding up correctly. The paper ballot optical scanners, uh, the computers that count those paper ballots simply got it wrong. Those same tabulators used all over the country had a bug in them that the company admitted was in all of their tabulators, both paper ballot and touchscreen systems. We reported on it back in 2010. In 2014, paper ballot optical scan systems in a small Wisconsin town tallied just 16 votes total on a ballot measure to overturn Citizens United. Since thousands of voters had voted that day, just 16 votes cast for the uh, measure was obviously not correct. So a hand count was done, and a hand count revealed that, in fact, thousands had voted in that referendum, which had, in fact, passed, by the way. The optical scan computers in that Wisconsin town, according to the election officials at the time, was programmed incorrectly, they said. Luckily, that problem was so obvious that they had that they were forced. They had to check the paper uh, ballots by hand to make sure to try to figure out what the hell happened. And it wasn't 16 votes. It was thousands of votes that were cast instead. Now, most of the state of Wisconsin votes on paper ballots that uh, if anybody bothered uh, and the, and presuming the chain of custody has remained secure since Election Day, that's a big if, knowing the history of contested elections in Wisconsin. But if anybody bothered to check those paper ballots in the bulk of the state of Wisconsin, those paper ballots could be counted by actual human beings instead of computers to make sure that the shocking results of the presidential election on November 8 in the state of Wisconsin were actually correct. Now, there are a few rural towns uh, which also uh, which also use 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting systems. Um, may, uh, these are the ones with no paper ballots. They're unverifiable. They're touchscreens. They're made by a company named Sequoia, which is currently owned by, owned by a Canadian firm named Dominion. Those same touchscreen machines used in Wisconsin way back in 2006, the Brad blog had revealed that there was a little yellow button on the back of those machines, allowing any voter to vote as many times as they wanted until physically stopped from doing so. Shortly thereafter, those touchscreen machines were decertified for use out here in the state of California, but some towns in Wisconsin are now using those machines and voters use them to vote in the November 8th election, where there was reportedly unexpectedly large turnout for Donald Trump in some of those rural towns. Even an unexplainable turnout in some cases, according to a number of uh, analyses. Yesterday, we reported that in just one Wisconsin county alone, several thousand votes were found to have been recorded in error for Donald Trump. Those votes have now been removed from the tally, but it lowered his slim lead over uh, Hillary Clinton in the state by about 6 percent on that alone. 
And that was just from three small towns in just one of Wisconsin's many counties where more votes in some cases were reported to have been cast in the presidential race than total votes actually cast in those towns, according to the computer printouts. So numbers that absolutely don't make sense, that absolutely could be in error. And now uh, we're looking at these three states, Wisconsin, Michigan and Pennsylvania alone, where uh, Trump has a slim margin over Hillary Clinton of a total of about 100,000 votes out of more than 13 million cast. So if just 50,000 of those were flipped one way or another from uh, Clinton to Trump, she Uh, Not he would be preparing to become the next president of the United States. So where uh, were the ballots? Were the ballots all almost all tallied by computers? Were they tallied correctly this time? Shouldn't Americans know for certain who they did or didn't elect to become the next president of the United States? That seems to be the case that Jill Stein is now preparing to make, and she joins me now live. Jill Stein is the 2016 presidential candidate for the Green Party, who has now announced that she hopes to file for hand counts and forensic audits in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Dr. Stein, welcome back to the broadcast. Really great to be with you, Brad. Boy, oh boy, you're causing trouble today. Uh, you're causing trouble just for uh, bradblog.com alone trying to stay up and on uh, <laughs> on the Internet, Jill. Uh, all right. W- why are you asking for a recount? Uh, hopefully a, a hand count in these uh, three states, at least where paper ballots are available. Why are you seeking a recount here, Jill? Well, let me say, why would anyone in their right mind you know, not want to have a secure and, um, uh, you know, verified vote in a very vicious, uh, high, hotly contested election uh, that used hack-friendly voting machines in a hack-riddled election. Uh, we deserve, you know, we deserve some confidence in the outcome of this election, because if there were you know, if there was a method to this madness, you mm-hmm. know, one would think that that um, those forces might apply uh, to our votes as well as, you know, these various institutions surrounding our votes. So this is something we shouldn't have to ask for a recount for. We shouldn't mm-hmm. have to spend a million dollars in Wisconsin alone in, in order to be confident of our votes. Uh, the tragedy is that this is not built into our voting system, that, what is it, 25% of Americans, I think, vote on these uh, electronic machines that have no paper record whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is really um, a mockery of democracy. It's one of many uh, incredible vulnerabilities of our democracy and of our elections. You know, and you could go into a long list of other things, including the purging of voter rolls, uh, the power of money in the elections, the lockdown of the media on real debate, the forcing of two candidates down our throats that were the most disliked and untrusted ever. But, you know, right now we are under a very tight deadline. If we want to know uh, what our votes actually were, we have to file starting on Friday. We have to file first in Wisconsin and then Michigan and Pennsylvania follow very quickly uh, next week. So we have to move really fast in order to basically verify the vote and be confident that our votes were actually counted, that they weren't flipped and that they weren't stripped, and uh, that we have 
you know, a vote we can believe in, <laughs> a system of elections we can believe in. You know, this is really fundamental to our democracy, and it's really kind of an outrage that we have to go to extraordinary lengths in order to uh, verify the vote. Now, do you believe, uh, Jill Stein, that the election was stolen, that it was hacked, that it was in error? Do you have evidence uh, to to believe that? Or are you just concerned about the fact that, uh, as Alex Halderman uh, pointed out, uh, the uh, University of Michigan uh, computer scientist who's hacked one election system after another, uh, he points out that, you know, we don't know because we need to actually count the paper ballots since and the machine uh, check the machines where we can. But the paper ballots themselves are never counted by hand. So do you have evidence or belief that it was stolen or hacked or in error or or do you just want to check the votes, basically? Yeah, you know, so my um my interest as a uh you know, as a citizen, as as a person in in America, you know, is is that the vote be valid and I think it's long been demonstrated, you know, considering that list of evidence that mm-hmm. you went through earlier that our our system of voting relying on these machines which have virtually no security they're extremely hack friendly and not only hack friendly but they're tamper friendly and they're prone to human error and all sorts of things has been going on for a long time and i think the movement has been building to demand uh you know a valid and secure form of voting and in an election that was surrounded by hacking you know it's it's really quite incredible that uh we've been using so many uh hack friendly um, voting machines that really invite tampering. So uh, I, you know, I'm responding to a team of people mm-hmm. um, who, you know, and to these uh, observers and advocates, both experts and just ordinary citizens who feel like, um, you know, this is just uh, unacceptable and that the machines as a baseline are not the way we should be voting, these tamper-friendly machines, and that in an election that was full of hacks, there's uh, all kinds of reasons. And then there are allegations of, uh, you know, of voting irregularities that I cannot uh, testify to myself. Mm-hmm. And as I understand, these are rather uh, debatable uh, sort of gray zones at this point. But I think there's plenty of evidence to say that we deserve uh, confidence in our in our voting system, and I think after an election where people felt so uh, brutalized by you know on so many fronts, whether mm-hmm. you know stripping of voter rolls, uh, you know the limiting of uh, voting hours and early voting, and even the closing down of polling centers, the so-called redlining of polling places, um, and you know the the extraordinary power of money to buy its way through this election the uh the censorship exercised by the media um uh just you know and and even the fact of you know the 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 role of fear in this election which had to be you know certainly the greatest in in my lifetime we vote in a voting system that has you vote against what you're afraid of rather than for what you're for uh, um you know these are all things that should be fixed, that demand to be fixed, you know, the need for open elections. And I think people have felt such anguish during this election and then uh, with the kind of surprising result of this election that, uh, you know, that on top of everything else that's going on, uh, it just feels really good to be standing up right now and to be surrounded by so many people who say that, it, you know, it's time for us 
to take control of our democracy to start with and to use the resources that we have right now to stand up. You know, let's give ourselves a gift on this Thanksgiving and have something to be thankful for and fight back against this sense of helplessness and hopelessness that seems to have set in, you know, as we've come on, you know, into this new era of a very authoritarian president uh, in an election system which has been melting down and has sort of been, you know, leading in this direction uh, in a bipartisan fashion, actually. I think it just feels great to be standing up and saying, we can do better. Here's how we can do it. Here's the game plan. Uh, we can actually make this happen. And, and it does look like you may be making it happen. Uh, I know you've set up a, a, a fundraising site at jillstein.nationbuilder.com. Uh, I think you can also get there through Jill uh, 2016. Uh, Jill2016.com as well. In in actually just the past uh, half hour, it looks like it's gone up by about a hundred thousand. I know you have millions you must raise in order to file in these three states. Uh, Jill, I can confirm that uh, the DNC and uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign is still considering uh, calling for this uh, hand count and this uh, forensic audit as well. But have you spoken? Yourself or or your campaign team uh, with the Democrats and the Hillary Clinton campaign, have they given you any reason why they have so far not challenged the results of of this election? Well, you know, this is a joint effort, and uh, there are many election advocates who are involved, a lot of grassroots people, a lot of the experts who really feel like, you know, this is, this, if, if ever there was a time to stand up and demand uh, an accountable and secure vote, this is the time to do it. If we don't do it now, when exactly? You know, what would be the cause to do it? Mm-hmm. Um, this, from what I've heard from this team that actually approached me and said that they really needed, uh, they needed a campaign that had standing so that we could file this case uh, and, you know, file the paperwork. For the Th- this is the, the team of election uh, experts, uh, voting system experts and so forth? And, and grassroots, mm-hmm. uh, you know, election integrity right. uh, advocates. There's a very diffuse network that came to me. I was also seeing it, you know, in our social media and hearing it from our own campaign uh, supporters that, that you know, people are really agonizing about this election. And there are anecdotal uh, reports, and there's a lot of concern. People are just paranoid because there's been so much kind of hacking surrounding this election. You know, why wouldn't they go for the votes if they're going for things around the votes? And that's not to say you know, definitively who is doing this, uh, you know, or that necessarily the votes have been hacked. We don't know that. But if ever there was a suspicious circumstance, uh, just given the context of this election, this is the time to do it. And what I was told was that it was very unlikely uh, people were not expecting the Clinton campaign to step up. And in fact, the Democrats have never stepped up. And, you know, in 2004, it was the Green Party campaign. It was David Cobb who's now my campaign manager, mm-hmm. who actually uh, filed for the recount in Ohio in the face of, you know, really strong evidence of tampering and, and, and fraudulent manipulation of, of the vote. So, you know, this is what Greens uh, have often done. We are very committed to election integrity as one critical pillar of reclaiming our, you know, the promise of our democracy, democratizing elections. In fact, let me put... A conference on your mm-hmm. uh, on your horizon in the middle of uh, February. We will be hosting a so-called democ- democratize our elections 
conference in Washington, D.C. that will be dealing with uh, electronic voting and verified voting, but also with ranked choice voting so that we can vote our values and not be confined to figuring out who do we hate the most or who are we most afraid of, uh, as well as um, the uh, Electoral College and opening up debates so that we have a people's debate commission and we can actually debate the issues that people are tearing their hair about. It, 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 about. it, it was, uh, and, and David Cobb, uh, who's a friend of the show, has been on uh, many times, uh, it was in fact uh, the Greens and the Libertarians back in 2004 who stepped up, uh, who demanded a, a, a recount or at least tried to in Ohio, and they did the way the Ohio election uh, recount laws work as they count 3% by hand and find out if those match the voting machines, that's the end of it. If they don't match, then they have to do a full hand count. Well, in Ohio, in the largest county, Cuyahoga County, Ohio, in 2004, that's Cleveland, uh, the election officials were supposed to pick random precincts, and they pre-selected, they secretly pre-selected, and two of the election officials were found uh, guilty of uh, gaming the post-election uh, recount that was supposed to take place in Cleveland at that time. I wonder uh, what concerns you have about that now, Jill Stein, and we mentioned uh, Hillary Clinton, but have you spoken with the, the Libertarian Party, Gary Johnson, or some of the independent candidates like uh, Rocky De La Fuente? Uh, are they interested or willing to uh, stand with you in this, with you and the Greens in this effort as well, to your knowledge? Yes, yeah, so, so Rocky has, has weighed in. He's very concerned. You know, he's part of a a political party, you know, whose uh, leading issue is actually election integrity. And he's very supportive, and he's going to be supporting the effort. He cannot uh, file because I don't think he was on the ballot um, in, in Wisconsin. I think he was in Wisconsin. I haven't checked the other states. I think he was in Wisconsin. I could be wrong, though. Well, that's interesting. I mean, w- one of our members, and I don't recall who it is, uh, but we do have people who are directly in touch with him, and he you know, communicated that he's going to be helping uh, to raise money. He's going to be getting the word out. He's very supportive. But he did not, um, you know, mention or offer, and I presume, Mm -hmm. you know, to file himself, and I presume that meant that he was not on the ballot. But we can certainly look into that because, you know, I think a multipartisan effort is a great idea. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. uh, it would make a lot of sense for the Clinton campaign to be doing this. They have the most at stake here, and they also have the most resources uh, to make this happen, they can make it happen, you know, in the blink of an eye. Uh, it's unfortunate, I think, that the Democratic Party has refused to step up to the plate to defend election integrity, and one can't help but wonder why. And I don't know the answer to that question myself. Uh, we have reached out to the Libertarians. Um, it usually takes a little while. This is happening very quickly. We have not um, heard back from them yet. So the deadline is uh, Friday for filing, at least in Wisconsin. Uh, you've got to come up with uh, a million dollars, two million dollars by Friday in order to be able to file in Wisconsin to cover filing fees and, and attorney's fees. Is that correct? That's right. We need, you know, in theory, we should be raising two and a half million mm-hmm. um, by Friday. And then right on the heels of that, we have to turn around and do the same thing for Monday for the Michigan filing. And Michigan is not quite as expensive as Wisconsin, but it's still a very big deal. So I would, you know, really encourage people to, you know, support this effort, you know, reclaim our democracy, stand our ground here while we have an opportunity to do that. And you can do it again at jill2016.com slash recount. That'll take you right into 
that page. Before I let you go, uh, Jill Stein, uh, why specifically are you focusing on Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania? Why not North Carolina, Florida, Georgia, Arizona, other states that were also uh, somewhat close and uh, thought, you know, might uh, go uh, uh, Democratic this year? North Carolina has gone Democratic in the past. Florida obviously has. Uh, Is there a specific reason why Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania? Was that your choice or was that the the election, uh, the election integrity experts and scientists and so forth who were advising you on this? Right. That was, that was the experts. And from what I understand, that had a lot to do with uh, election laws and recount laws. So, for example, in Florida, which they would have loved to have uh, examined, uh, the recount laws are prohibitive and make it almost impossible to do a recount. I gotcha. Uh, and uh, so the money, do you... if you do not get the money that you need to do this filing. I've heard uh, some people say, well, what what happens? Does the money get returned? Do you have any plan for that at the time? Or are you just you think you got this uh, got this covered at this point? Well, put it this way. Um, I think we're going to get there. Um, if we continue at the pace that we're at right now, we will get there. Um, we are about, you know, 20 percent of the way there, having been up about uh, three hours, having you know been posted mm-hmm. for about three hours. So the word is continuing to spread. Um, if by some chance we miss Wisconsin's deadline, and I can't rule that out, if, we, if the pace doesn't continue and we miss the deadline, we'll be well prepared then for Michigan, which costs less than, um, uh, than Wisconsin. So, you know, if ideally we want to go ahead in, in all three states, mm-hmm. and depending on what that shows, we may have then... Um, the uh, the momentum and the ability to proceed from there. And last so, I looked in Michigan, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say it begins with a recount, but it could wind up in court. And, and you know, if we go to court, then there's a whole other, you know, a very different calendar applies. So, you know, we hope to find out things as we move along and, you know, expand if needed. And there is only about uh, about 13,000 votes difference in Michigan, uh, last I checked, out of more than four and a half million votes cast. In Pennsylvania, however, there's 100 percent unverifiable touchscreens in much of that state that uh, they're still shamefully using out there. Uh, are you confident that those can even meaning, meaningfully be reviewed in any way? I, I know you'd have to forensically examine those machines. They'd need to be impounded. Uh, what have the experts been telling you about uh, Pennsylvania? Because that's different than Wisconsin and Michigan when it comes to the fact that there's no ballots in uh, Pennsylvania, much of Pennsylvania to actually count. Exactly. I think at least 80 percent, and it may be more than that, of Pennsylvania voters are voting on these electronic voting machines with no paper record. And it makes it very hard to do a recount, obviously. I think there's little choice except to have to do internal forensics, which means basically impounding the voting machines and examining them. But from what I'm told from the voting uh, you know, election security experts is that they can get a pretty good idea if they actually have the ability to go inside the machine. They can pretty much tell what's been going on. So I think that's the general game plan okay. in Pennsylvania. Um, but, you know, we'll see how this unfolds in uh, Michigan and Wisconsin, and that may influence what happens 
in Pennsylvania. Last question before I let you go, Jill Stein. Uh, I mentioned that small margin in Michigan. Uh, a lot of people have been critical of you. They say that, uh, well, there was if your voters had not voted for you but for Hillary Clinton, then she would have actually won Michigan. I know you're probably going to hear a lot of those critiques as you move forward here. Do you have any response to that uh, criticism very quickly? So, you know, I haven't redone the numbers, uh, mm-hmm. but in the week following the election, we did run all of the numbers. Important to remember, over 60% of Greens would have stayed home, according to exit polls. And then among the rest, over a third would have voted for Trump. So the actual advantage to Hillary Clinton is something like 11% of our numbers, and our numbers aren't that great. Uh, when we did the calculations a couple weeks ago, um, there was not a single state in which actual green voters, uh, you know, gave enough advantage mm-hmm. to Hillary Clinton absent our campaign that it would have helped her in any way. And even if we might have done it, say the numbers have really shrunk such that we might have made the difference in Michigan, that would have been one state and not changed the outcome of the election. But I think the bigger issue here is not uh, spoiling the numbers mathematically, but rather this question of spoiling our democracy. And in terms of democracy, democracy needs voices. It needs opposition voices to clamp down on democracy and say that the, the solution to, you know, a scary voting system is to silence political opposition. Hardly. You know, we need the opposite. We need, we need voices of opposition if we're going to get behind, you know, two camp candidates that both support war mm-hmm. and empire and, you know, and, and Wall Street and the attack on immigrants and, and, and all the rest that the two parties have really been very similar on. We need a real diversity of choices. So the real, quest, uh, the real push here should be for voting reforms like ranked choice voting. That's why, in my view, the Greens are the unspoilers because we're talking, you know, not only what we're doing right now to get down to this spoiled election and some of the potential causes of that, but to actually, uh, you know, to propose real solutions here at, you know, that address the problems like a fear-based voting system. We need ranked choice voting. It lets you rank your choices so you can actually bring your values to the vote because voting based on fear has delivered everything we're afraid of. Well, uh, the lesser evil usually paves the way to the greater evil because people stop coming out to vote for it. And well, that appears to have been a strong dynamic in this election and in others, too. So, well, you know, bottom line is we can fix this. In ranked choice voting, if your first choice loses, your vote's automatically reassigned to your second choice. So let's fix the problem. Let's not just suppress you know, a part of the solution to the problem. We need opposition voices. Democracy depends on a vigorous opposition, not on silencing everything but, what, two sanctioned state parties? The big corporate, you know, political parties are going to be like the officially approved parties and everybody else is silenced? You know, that's a death sentence for democracy if there ever was one. Jill... Democracy we deserve. Jill, uh, you, you and I and, and uh, my friend David Cobb, your campaign manager, will have to uh, fight about ranked choice voting in the future because if you think it's uh, difficult to know who the hell won now, just add the complicated algebra of ranked choice voting to the mix. Although I will say I'm uh, happy to work with anyone uh, and find a, a compromise. And to that end, approval voting is something that uh, the Green Party, uh, you and Dave, might want to look at. We'll fight about that another day, though, because 
because today I'm just delighted that you are standing up for voters, period, uh, and trying to have their votes counted and counted accurately. Uh, and to that end, you can help Jill Stein do exactly that uh, in, in three different states by going to jill2016.com or straight to jillstein.nationbuilder.com slash recount to help out with this uh, effort to try to find out who actually won or lost in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania, in Michigan. Sounds like a great idea to me, Jill. Thank you. Absolutely. We deserve a verified vote. Thank you so much, Brad. Great talking. You too. Uh, And let me know if I can help in the future. I love democracy. We will fight about it plenty as uh, in the days ahead. But right now, let's count the goddamn ballots. Wouldn't that be a swell idea? So go to Jill2016.com for that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and talk more about this. Uh, If you have thoughts on uh, on this and on uh, Jill Stein's attempt to hand count, to recount. No, I don't even say recount. To hand count the ballots in our election in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and uh, uh, Wisconsin because calling it a recount is a disservice. It needs to be pointed out. These ballots have not been counted by human beings. The vast majority of them have never had uh, human eyes laid upon them to make sure that the tabulators counted them accurately. It's something that... People who have been listening to the broadcast now for years, I have been talking about it on this show at uh, bradblog.com for more than a decade. I drive people absolutely crazy with it. Sorry, uh, but it needs to be done. So we avoid every you know two years, every four years going into these messes and wondering, uh, you know, were our elections actually, do they actually reflect the will of the voter? That that question is just absolutely obscene. If you'd like to talk about that obscene question or any others, 818-985-5735 is my phone number. 818-985-KPFK. Something maybe to be thankful for there. Someone standing up for voters uh, along with me for a change. I like it. All right, I'm going to take a quick break and we'll be back with uh, more broadcast right after this. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Hey, this is Brad. Remember me, the guy who was warning you about Donald Trump from the day he entered the race, when the rest of the U.S. media were telling you his candidacy was a joke, that he'd never win, and that Hillary Clinton had it in the bag. We told you otherwise from the beginning and up until Election Day. Well, we may have been right, but we still don't have corporate or foundational support. We still rely on you to stay on your public airwaves. Please stop by bradblog.com donate to support the work that Desi Doyen and I do every day. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thank you. It's not easy being green. No, it's not. It seems you blend in with so many other ordinary things. You got a lot of people mad at you, apparently. And people tend to pass you over. Yep. Because you're not standing out like flashy sparkles in the water. Or stars in the sky. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com as your worst nightmares once again come true. Not that, uh, not that I've been warning you. Not that I've been telling you that this was going to happen. 
Uh, writing today at, uh, at Medium, Alex Halderman, uh, who is just, we've had him on the show uh, several times. He's the one, well, he's one of the computer scientists that has been urging the Clinton campaign to call for a hand count, has urged the, uh, uh, the Jill Stein, the Green Party campaign, to uh, file for this count that they hope to raise money for. By the way, just uh, I'm, I'm looking at her Nation Builder site here. Uh, they've made uh, $100,000 in just the half hour or so since we've been on the air. That's Jill2016.com. I guess people would like to know if their votes were counted as cast. In any case, uh, Alex Halderman, uh, he's the one he... Uh, he initially hacked uh, years and years ago now uh, when uh, we were able to obtain uh, from a source inside Diebold a, a touchscreen voting machine. Uh, we got it to uh, to uh, the folks at Princeton, which is where uh, Alex Halderman was at the time. And he was one of the people who was able, found out that he was able to get onto that uh, Diebold uh, touchscreen machine. Uh, basically able to hack the lock physically in about 30 seconds and was able to implant a virus that would then pass itself from machine to machine to machine and flip an entire election with almost zero possibility of detection. He's also the one who was able to take a, uh, I believe it was a Sequoia voting machine, and put a Pac-Man on the Pac-Man game onto the voting machine without breaking any of the security seals whatsoever. He was also the one who was able to take over the Internet voting scheme that the folks in Washington, D.C. were about to go live with back in 2010 uh, for overseas and military voters. And uh, Halderman and some of the other computer scientists begged them. It hadn't been tested. They said, please let us test it. Let us try it. Let's make sure it's cynic. Uh, it's it's. It's uh, secure before you do. Well, in just hours, Halderman and his uh, uh, group of students at the University of Michigan were able to take over the entire Internet voting election. They were able to change every vote that had been cast in this test election. They were able to insert a script that would change any ballot, any vote that was cast in the future in this Internet election. And then a few seconds after people voted on it, it would play the University of Michigan fight song. He also, by the way, took over the cameras. They were able to take over the security cameras uh, in the central tabulator room. Uh, that's how good he is. And frankly, that's how bad these electronic uh, tabulation systems are. It's, uh, there are obscenely uh, insecure, unsecure. I don't even know what the word is. But... Um, so he wrote at, uh, at, at Medium today, he said, were this year's deviations from pre-election polls the result of a cyber attack? He says, probably not. I believe the most likely explanation is that the polls were system systematically wrong rather than that the election was hacked. He said, but I don't believe that either one of those seemingly unlikely explanations is overwhelmingly more likely than the other. Isn't that a good reason enough to count the ballots and know for sure who won? He goes on to say the only way to know whether a cyber attack changed the result is to closely examine the available physical evidence. Paper ballots and voting equipment in critical states like Wisconsin, Michigan and Pennsylvania. He says, unfortunately, nobody is ever going to examine that evidence unless candidates in those states act now in the next several days to petition for recounts. He points out that 70 percent of the country uses paper ballots. But he goes on to add <laughs> 
He says, there's just one problem. It may come as a surprise, even to many security experts, but no state is planning to actually check the paper in a way that would reliably detect that the computer-based outcome was wrong. That's our voting system. That's what I drive you crazy about uh, day after day, five days a week on this show, year after year, of course, at brandblog.com. Uh, uh, it's absolutely insane. And with that, by the way, uh, when word broke yesterday, and, and we couldn't break it on the show, but about the uh, these uh, computer scientists talking to the uh, Hillary Clinton campaign, of course, Twitter went crazy, including progressives on Twitter who said, wait, this is crazy. Why would she do this? Da, da, da. Nate Silver over at 538.com. Uh, he, he delighted us all on Twitter with uh, what he described as some very quick analysis, which suggests the claim here of rigged election results in Wisconsin is probably BS. He goes on to say in Michigan, they have paper ballots everywhere. So not even sure what claim is being made there. Nate Silver, 538, does not understand how these voting systems work. Paper ballots are counted by computers, not humans. And that's a problem because the computers get it either wrong or right. We don't know until we bother to check the ballots. Nate Cohen, who is also one of these uh, prognosticators, one of these forecasters, uh, over he's over at New York Times. The other Nate, uh, one of the Bradblog commenters today, described, uh, described them as the Nate-sayers. He said, look, maybe these researchers have a lot more than what's in the article at New York Magazine, but there's a very easy explanation for the pattern in the article, and in that case, they were talking about the fact that it looked like in machine counties, uh, Donald Trump had something like a 7 percent advantage over the paper ballot counties, um, and they were wondering why. Well, a very easy explanation for the pattern, sure. You can always backwards engineer a reason for any uh, election results, essentially. But unless you count the ballots, you don't know if they're legitimate. And I had to point out on Twitter to Nate Cohen and to Nate Silver, remember, these are the guys who told us that uh, Hillary Clinton was going to win in a landslide, 80, 90 percent probability that she was going to win. They were completely wrong, apparently, according to the reported results. So now they're telling us, oh, there's a very easy explanation for the pattern in the art that is described in that uh, New York Magazine article. So I had to reply, we don't get results from patterns. I know that you, Nate Cohn, and you, Nate Silver, that's what you do. How'd that go, by the way? How did those patterns uh, work out for you that you were telling us about? that Hillary Clinton was going to win by huge margins. We don't get results from patterns, or at least we shouldn't get election results from patterns. We get them from ballots. But we need to bother to count those ballots. It seems so elementary to me. But apparently to, uh, you know, not a lot of these uh, folks. We have folks who I like. You know, I like Nate Silver. I like Nate Cohn. I uh, like Josh Marshall, but they're all, you know, out there saying, well, this is outrageous that they would want to count the ballots. They must show us the evidence as to why. Well, you know what the evidence is? The evidence is the paper ballots. Count them. It ain't hard. But apparently it does cost a whole hell of a lot of money, a million dollars just to file in Wisconsin. So if you want to help out uh, the effort to count our goddamn ballots, which should be my tagline for this show, 
Uh, you can go to uh, jill2016.com. All right, let's uh, see if we can get some of your uh, some of your calls here before we got to go to the uh, to Desi Doyen and the Green Green News Report to sing us out for the uh, for the Thanksgiving holiday. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Let me go to um, uh, let's go to Mark in Irvine. Hey, Mark, welcome to the broadcast. Oh, thanks so much. I just wanted to point out the hypocrisy, because at the very last debate, Hillary said she would accept the judgment of the of the uh, ballots, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it was such an outrage because uh, Trump said that he, he reserved the judgment to challenge. Yeah. Now, if if you just look at the of the map, the red and blue map, you can see so easily that the the, the vast majority of the country it looks like 90 percent voted for trump so for hillary to now to turn around and hillary's not doing but her her advocates are are saying that it was unfair is blatantly that would be such hypocrisy on her part well let me let me uh, mark let me reply to that because let me reply to that mark mark Mark, hang on. Let me reply to that because time is short and I want to get to a, f- a few callers here in the next few minutes. Uh, one, uh, those maps are terrible. Ninety percent of the country did not vote for Donald Trump. In fact, Hillary Clinton won the majority of the uh, of the votes in the country. She beat Donald Trump by more than uh, we're almost on two million votes. She won the popular vote. Now, that said, we don't run popular vote national elections. We run 50 state by state elections. And I believe, in fact, that she was ill-advised to suggest that someone should accept the results that have never been seen, that have never been actually counted. That is the case here. Now, that said, Hillary Clinton and her team has not yet called for a hand count. Uh, Jill Stein of the Green Party is doing so, and she was highly critical of Hillary Clinton throughout the election. So if there's hypocrisy here, there may be, but I don't yet see it, Mark. Uh, I got to... What's that? I say it's just sour grapes. We have to okay. move on and wonder how would we lose the working class? We lost the working class because. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. No. No. We, no. No. You're there, lost, Mark. But we, we don't lost know. The working class yeah. When when uh, yeah. the Democrats said, "Oh, we're not going to use coal." How do you, Mark? Uh, hey, Mark. Okay, Mark, if you're not going to talk to me, then I can't have a conversation with you. I was going to ask, how do you know that Democrats lost the working class? By the de- by the Democrats. By the, uh, I'm sorry, by the... Um, by the, by the polls? The, by the polls, sure. Yeah. The polls, and, and Mark, the, the polls... Additional areas. <sighs> I know. The, the polls that got it wrong, Mark. Uh, the polls that told us uh, she was going to win in a landslide. Those are the same polls that the corporate media is relying on to explain to you why it is that Hillary Clinton lost. Did she? We don't know until we count the goddamn ballots. Paul in North Dakota. Welcome to the broadcast, Paul. Yeah, thank you. You know, Winners obviously aren't going to question the result, and losers like Hillary Clinton are purported losers. You know, they have problems for the reasons we heard of in the last call. But the American people have the most compelling possible interest in truth and accuracy in election results. And if winners don't challenge and losers can't, it leaves democracy defenseless. And that is totally unacceptable. So a thanks to you, Brad, and Brad Blog for leading the fight for truth and accuracy in elections. 
Thank you, Paul. I, I appreciate that. It's it's shocking to me. It continues to be shocking to me how, uh, <laughs> how how people respond when you say, "Let's count the ballots. Let's make sure." I just don't understand that. And people who are you know good progressives who ought to know better, I I don't under I really don't understand the fear. Uh, Paul, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Stay warm up there in North Dakota this year. Will do. All right, brother. Uh, 818-985-5735. Oh, always good to hear from our old friend Morris in Long Beach. Hey, Morris, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Yes, I just had a question. Maybe I haven't been listening uh, enough, but why is the host of this program so cynical about our voting protocol? I'll take your response off the air. <laughs> yes, thank you, uh, Morris, for that, and and I uh, hope you have a lovely uh, holiday. Uh, yeah, cynical about the results. I am not cynical in the least. Am I skeptical about the results? Well, yeah, we kind of have a history in this country, and frankly, in every country where democracy has been tried out, of people trying to game elections. That doesn't mean they succeed at it, but it means they will try. And, uh, of course, the, the hope is to stop them from being able to do so. But unless human beings can actually oversee the elections, unless we can know that the results were tabulated correctly, and we simply cannot know that at this time, then, yeah, there is good reason to be skeptical. And thankfully, happily, delightfully, because it's uh, Thanksgiving week here, uh, thankfully, I'm not the only one making this noise uh, uh, this year, me and a handful of election integrity folks. You've got some of the the top world-class computer security, computer science, voting system experts calling for exactly what I have been calling for for years, and they're doing it in language that, frankly, I read uh, Alex Halderman's piece over at Medium.com today, and I thought, man, I could have written this piece. I mean, you know, he is just right on the money, and I'm glad that he has found a candidate who is at least going to try, uh, try to help in this uh, in this effort to find out if our elections were counted and if they were counted accurately. I got one really quick call here from John in San Bernardino. You got to make it quick, John, because I got to get to a break and come back with uh, Desi Doyen. What do you got, John? Uh, quick. Uh Thanks for, uh, you know, shouting out for approval voting. And uh, if your viewer, you know, if the listeners want to uh, read more, um, they can go to approvalvoting.org. Uh, and also um, on the on the election machines, uh, mm-hmm. check out Fraction Magic. Yep. Uh, we had uh, Bev Harris from uh, Black Box Voting on uh, just uh, the Friday before the election to explain how there's functionality in all of these tabulators that allow people to wait votes if they want uh, so that your vote is worth 1.5 votes and my vote is only worth half a vote. And you will never know that. That's inside the tabulators. You will never know that happened unless you bother to count the vote. And yeah, uh, approval voting is a hell of a lot easier than ranked choice voting. But that's for another day. Thanks, John. Uh, Have a, a happy holiday. Let me get to a quick break and we're back with Desi Doyen and the Green News Report. As the fight continues, with more to be thankful for, shockingly enough, in uh, in this week's Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is your Bradcast. (laughs) 
Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Welcome back to the broadcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Yeah, I know. Some confusion here today, Desi Doyen. It's okay. All right. You got a mic there? You got one? All right. Uh, we have, uh, all right. Our lady, I was teasing everybody that there is something to be thankful for in your yes. Green News report. Am I lying? Yeah. No, 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 no. You're not lying. There no, you said yes, I am there. lying. Okay, I'm not lying. All right. All right. Uh, are we ready uh, to get to it, uh, Federico? All right. We will get to it. Yeah, it's okay. It's a holiday. Let's get to it. Our latest Green News report. We have seen at least four gunshot wounds, three of them I know to the face and head. Police escalate tactics against Dakota Access Pipeline protesters. This is the equivalent of taking 1.3 million cars off the road. Canada moves to phase out coal use by 2030. Record low sea ice in a freakishly warm Arctic. Plus... Sorry it took so long to get to this point. Obama administration cancels oil leases on Blackfeet Nation lands. All of those stories and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. And this is still not out in mainstream media. I'd like to know why. Because it's the mainstream media. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, you know what else is not out on the mainstream media? What? The fact that the Arctic is 36 degrees warmer than it should be this time of year. Yep, something bizarre is indeed going on in the Arctic. First, the extent of sea ice is at a record low for this time of year, despite 24-hour darkness at the North Pole. According to scientists, that's partly due to unusually high air temperatures and partly due to unusually high ocean temperatures, both blocking ice formation from above and below. In the Arctic, as you said, it's more than 36 degrees Fahrenheit above normal. But next door, in Siberia, it's 60 degrees below normal. The Weather Channel calls it, quote, one of the most bizarre juxtapositions ever seen. Also bizarre, down in Antarctica, for the first time since scientists began keeping track, sea ice at the South Pole is also at a record low for this time of year. They say much more data is needed to understand what's going on with this simultaneous decline in sea ice in both polar regions. The extent of global sea ice is so low right now, it is literally off the charts. It is like nothing we have ever seen in the past 40 years. Scientists are actually freaking out about this because it's not even close. Meanwhile, in North Dakota... 
Law enforcement escalated tactics against unarmed activists over the weekend at the site of the protests against the Dakota Access Pipeline near the Standing Rock Sioux Reservation, firing rubber bullets, tear gas, and water cannons in below freezing temperatures at the protesters. We have seen at least four gunshot wounds, three of them I know to the face and head, rubber bullets. Right now we're trying to keep people warm. We're trying to get them decontaminated. Seven people were hospitalized with serious injuries. Hundreds reported injured. Protesters are trying to stop the pipeline, which the company rerouted away from the city of Bismarck's water supply to a half mile north of the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe's water supply. So don't endanger the white people, but don't worry about those American Indians, I guess. Or as Twitter user Paige Smith said, nothing says happy Thanksgiving like water cannoning Native Americans protecting the last of their land from America. Oh, man. But in Montana, the Interior Department has canceled oil and gas leases in an area of the Lewis and Clark National Forest that is sacred to the Blackfeet Nation of Montana and Canada. Interior Secretary Sally Jewell, in a press conference, praised Devon Energy for voluntarily relinquishing the untouched leases that it had obtained back in the 1980s. And Jewell said, Sorry it took so long to get to this point. We need to have thoughtful balance of energy development, but also conservation and the recognition of sacred sites as we uh, develop the resources around this great nation. On Monday, the Interior Department also banned new mining claims on 30,000 acres of public lands just outside Yellowstone National Park in Montana for two years, while the Departments of Interior and Agriculture evaluate whether to extend that ban on new mining claims for an additional 20 years. Also, the Obama administration is moving quickly to protect the Arctic. The Interior Department has announced that all new offshore oil and gas leases will be blocked in the U.S. Arctic for five years. And by the Obama administration moving quickly, you mean moving after eight years of being in office. Yes, a Trump administration could overturn that five-year ban, but it would take years. Well, it's Thanksgiving. I, I guess I should be thankful for something. Finally, Canada is ditching coal. On Monday, Canada announced it will phase out virtually all of its coal-fired power plants by 2030 to meet Canada's international commitments to cut greenhouse gas emissions under the UN Paris Agreement. According to Canada's Environment Minister, Catherine McKenna, This is the equivalent of taking... 1.3 million cars off the road. Our goal is to make Canada's electricity 90% non-emitting by 2030. Well, there you go. That's huge. I guess we here in America can all be thankful to Canada this Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Canada. Thanks, Canada. And uh, here's some tear gas for you, Native Americans. Thank you, Desi Doyen. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyne. And this has been your Green News Report. Thanks for all the lovely delight I found in your <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, Desi Doyen. Uh, boy, oh boy. Uh, what a way to head into the holidays. My thanks to our producer, Desi, uh, as ever. And also my thanks to Federica Garcia for running our soundboard today. And to Dr. Jill Stein of the Green Party for stepping up, uh, for joining us today as my guest, but for stepping up and standing for voters. 
Uh, that's nice. Uh, go uh, thank her or at least help encourage the effort to find out who actually won or lost in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan with her hand count filing. Go to Jill, jill2016.com and help support that effort. It's going to cost about $6 million for all three states, so get busy. My thanks also to you and all of our listeners for supporting what we do here on the Bradcast and at bradblog.com every day of the week. It is greatly appreciated. You can drop me an email, bradcast at bradblog.com, or find me on the Facebooks and the Twitters at the Bradblog. Have a great holiday. Angie Coiro was in for me, and then I will be back until the bitter end. I'm Brad Friedman. Happy Thanksgiving, and good luck, world.